The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Ready to talk sports with Daryl and Sam. Welcome to Sports Info UM featuring Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword. These guys know the sport like nobody else. From former players to coaches to the great figures of the NFL, you'll get the inside scoop on what's going down today in football and other sports. Now, here's Daryl and Sam. And welcome to, e- welcome to Sports Info UM. Coach, what's going on? Not much, buddy. Good to be home. <laughs> hey, welcome back to Florida, Coach. Welcome back to Florida. Hey, Coach, yesterday we started a, started a football season off with the Hall of Fame game. And before the Hall of Fame game, we had some inductees into the Hall of Fame. I tell you, Coach, this guy, Walter Jones, he was one of the most dominant offensive linemen I have ever seen play in the NFL. I mean, I mean, this, this guy was, was a beast among beasts. Uh, he was an awesome player, Coach. Daryl, the thing about him, his feet were wonderful, and uh, you hardly ever see uh, a man that size be such a great athlete. That's that's for sure, you know. And and to see to see um, one of the guys that I saw play in college, um, I saw him here in the state of Florida. Uh, matter of fact, when he was at FSU, he was a free safety and never played linebacker. And when he got into um got to got to pros, he was a, a all pro linebacker. Derek Brooks, wow, a wonder ambassador to the game as well, and and a true gentleman. Well. You know, you, you love to see all the guys that made it in. It was kind of a special class this year. Uh, uh, Ray Guy, the first punter ever. Uh, it was there were some very neat exceptions that were in there. Uh, I, I was glad to see uh, a couple of them that made it that had kind of been waiting, and you didn't know if exactly where they were going to make it or not. Yeah. And, and, you know, and Ray Guy was a, um, you know, I watched Ray Guy my, my entire life uh, growing up as a, as a punter for the Oakland Raiders. The Oakland Raiders was my favorite team. Um, he was, he was man, he punted the ball so high. You know, he was one of those guys when you started counting, he, he'd get his four seconds in the air from, uh, from, lift, from kick to lift off to catch. So I tell you, uh, Ray, I'm, I was excited to see him um, Going to the Hall of Fame, you don't see many kickers going to the Hall of Fame, and I'm very excited to see him. Claude Humphrey, Darryl, defensive end. Like oh, really? Looks like you got a call already. Oh, okay. Matt, put him through. Hello, Coach Oliver. Yeah. Hey, how you doing? This is Coach Crockett. 
Hey, Coach Crockett, how are you doing? You said you were going to call. Hey, uh, guys, this is Coach Crockett from um, from Palm Coast, Florida. And Coach Crockett is um, one of our middle school football coaches here in uh, in Flagler County. And uh, Coach wanted to talk a little bit about uh, about his program. How's it going, Coach? Give us some info. Well, we're uh, coming back. I'm a second-year coach, head coach of the Indian team from PAL, but we're representing the Indian Trails Middle School community. And uh, we had a dismal season with a lot of first-year kids last year. This year, you know, we're trying to pick it up and do some special things. We're, ex- we're extending our tryouts until about August 6th or 7th, and we practice at the Matanzas High School from 6 o'clock to 8. It's a 14 and under team. This team, if you're 15, though, as long as you turn 15 after July 31st, you still fall up under that 14 and under category. Coach, I like it's that. It's an unlimited team, so there's no weight limit as we have in some of the Pop Warner programs. And we hope this is a feeder program to get these young football players prepared for high school and beyond. Um, Coach, I really admire the uh, unlimited weight class because one of the problems that I had as a high school coach is that we would have um, kids come up through the Pop Warner level, but when they got to high school, they really couldn't handle it because we were too big and we hit a little too hard. So we never really got a lot of production from the Pop Warner football leagues. However, uh, on a on a different note, when I saw seventh and eighth grade football come up, we did get some players. That is a feeder program for the high school programs. Uh, we, hey, um, Coach Cracker, we got Coach Roberts on the line. Hey, Coach, you want to give Coach a little advice about his kids? Well, you know, the thing about it is, is I think that that's uh, one of those programs that has made uh, Palm Coast football getting so much better because you've got good coaches at that level. Yeah, yeah. As um, as, as a matter of fact, um, Crescent City is one of the teams that you guys play. Is that true, Coach Crockett? Well, we did previously. Uh, we switched. We switched uh, leagues. We're now playing with the St. John's River Youth Football Conference, which is part of um, that YSFLA. But we're all heads up uh, certified. You know, it's a big concern now, of course, about the concussions and stuff. So all my coaches are certified through that uh, NFL heads-up circuit training that we have to take courses online, and we sit for clinics. And and that's, and that's super important. Well, that's great. Yeah, because we've seen that happen so oh, many times in, in leagues where coaches didn't really have an idea of how to protect Protect kids, and if you can't protect the kid, you definitely shouldn't be coaching them anything because safety is first all the time. And I'll tell you, uh, having played some, you know, little league football, high school, and I played a little college, uh, the techniques and everything are just different now. You know, they're, they're, they're so different, but they're more safety conscious, and I think that's important because no one wants to see a kid get hurt out there on the field. Oh, oh, that that's for sure. Now, Coach, um, I talked to a high school coach um, during last week, early last week, 
and he was telling me one of the problems that he's having with with um, some of the leagues, including PAL, is that they actually are recruiting his players to come and play PAL football. And I know that your league goes into age 14 or 15. Are you, or do you see kids wanting to play in your league and not necessarily your team, but wanting to play in your league instead of stepping up and playing freshman or JV football on a high school level? Well, one of the things uh, I've experienced, I have some individuals that will be playing freshman football this year, and by all means, I encourage them because it's the next rung on the ladder, so to speak. But every now and then, you will get that individual that, let's say, his, his talent is on a lower level, and he's only about maybe 115 pounds. You know, at 115, 110 pounds, you know, and if he comes to me and say, Coach Crockett, I'm not ready for high school age-wise. I'm eligible to play for you. I'm not going to really stop him from playing if he's in the ninth grade. You know, if he has a fear or if he's on the lower skilled level, and, you know, I'm not going to not encourage him. And hopefully that extra year he plays with me, I can build up his confidence, his courage, and some of his football ability that even though he's given up a few pounds, he'll be enthusiastic about joining the high school team, maybe in the 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. Coach Roberts, you got any comments on that? Well, you know, the thing about it is I worry uh, so much about uh, kids having too much success outside of the, the, the realm of their high school experience that maybe they then think, well, you know, maybe I, I, I won't play in high school. That's the only thing I worry about is, is if there's too much reward. Uh, you know, everybody can't be uh, a trophy winner. And sometimes I've seen those programs get a little too carried away with uh, what they give kids in response to their efforts. Yeah, I and I, I, I can see your point, Coach, because um, in on a freshman team in high school, there really is no no conference championship or no um, or regional championship. You can't be a state championship um, team on a JV team in, um, in high school. And I can see what you mean by the rewards because um, in a lot of cases, when these young men, when they win um, their league championship, maybe then they go on and play in the regional or the sectional or whatever. They're rewarded with a lot of trophies, Coach, and um, they do a lot of fundraising as well, something that maybe some of our high school teams don't do. But we don't have to buy trophies for um, a lot of a lot of players because, like I say, JV teams are not going to be rewarded with stuff like that. Freshman teams aren't either. Yep, yep. Coach, Coach Kyle, I'd, li- I'd like to also add, um I'm not going to put any particular high school out there, but some high schools don't have the turnout that they would like to have, and some, unfortunately, won't have a JV team because they need all the players they have to play varsity, to field about 40 kids, 45 kids of varsity. So once again, that kid that ability-wise and size-wise, he's on the lower spectrum, let's say, you know, it, it, it's hard for a kid like that to really get any opportunity to play on a varsity level in the ninth grade. 
Yeah, and and coach, I, I coach Crockett, I truly understand you, and I've always had had a had a big problem with teams that didn't try and field at least a JV team. Now I can understand it may be a little difficult to field three teams, meaning a freshman team, a JV team, and a varsity team. But I, I really think you have to have a feeder program in your program because you can't put a 14-year-old out there and play against a kid that's been playing for three years and think he's going to not get manhandled or get abused in some cases. So um, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you, Coach, and uh, I think every team needs to field at least a JV and a varsity team, not just a varsity team, because you know. And Coach Roberts, I know you 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 feel the same way. I don't think I know you've always had at least a JV team and a varsity team. In some cases, I've seen you have a seventh and eighth grade team, a JV team, and a varsity team, and playing at a a one A or two A school, Coach. Yeah, and that was real important in the success we had, Daryl was because we had those kids in the 7th, 8th, ninth, and 10th grade. So when they became juniors and seniors, they knew the system, they knew what was expected of them, and they understood uh, the rewards that they were going to receive were going to be complimented to parents. And I think that's one of the, the hard is to sell that idea that everybody has to work real hard to be successful. Successful, and how hard you work is usually proportionate to the amount of wins you'll have on on Friday night, Saturday night, or Sunday. Yeah, and I I, I would agree with that, Coach. But um, Coach Crockett, I see your point where you you really have no choice but to have um, some of these kids that are fourteen years old or even fifteen years old being a part of your program if the high school is not going to provide a a program for 14 and 15 year olds, you know, because well, you know, coach, it's, it's really unfortunate. I'm starting my second year and uh, I truly believe in feeder programs. I mean, I'm willing to uh, give them the base of what the high school they're particularly going to go in, potentially going to go in. I'd love to give them the base, the verbiage. So when they do it the ninth grade, they're on the same page. And it's not like going somewhere that they've never been. But, you know, unfortunately, based on politics, unfortunately, sometimes you don't get the assistance or the cooperation. And the kids are looking at you, and you have to make it work somehow, some way. But I'll tell you, um, I go back to 1994 when I came to Florida. And I, I came to Flagler County, and I remember when FPC was trying to play Buholtz and some of those big schools and the biggest lobby was 180 pounds, and the first experience was ninth grade football, you know, and we were getting killed back then. So some of the programs under high school have helped Flagler County represent themselves a little better than they did back in the mid-'90s. I, I would agree. You know, and um, I, I came to um, Flagler County in 2001, and uh, and I actually I, I saw some programs be um, built here in, in Palm Coast, Florida, and um, and I was happy to be a part of some of those teams. We won a district here, and um, actually won a, won the regional uh, one year and got put out in the third round of the playoffs. Um, so you know, um, 
I, I really think that we have a chance to do some things here in in in, in Flagler County, but I, I look at football as a as a as a state experience for me because I mean I, I can't wait to see the preseason games and I can't wait to see the state championship games. And I want to see the best players that the state has to offer, whether they're here in in, in northern east, northeast Florida, South Florida, uh, Central Florida, or the Panhandle, wherever we can find them. That's where I want to get them at. And uh, hey, hey, coach, I really appreciate you coming on and spending a little time with us. And it's, hey, coach, would you like to give a shout out or any, and say anything else? About uh, I'd just like to say I appreciate the opportunity to put it out there that we are having tryouts for the uh, Indian Trails Power Pirates. I'll be on the field in the back of Matanzas High School from 6 o'clock to 8 o'clock, Monday through Friday. And we'll have tryouts. Um, do you mind if I get my phone number or my email? Sure. That's, that's on you, Coach. Okay. My phone number is 386-503-1367. My email is black underscore square 927 at yahoo.com. Uh, we're looking for about eight to ten more players, and it's not too late. We have uh, some scholarships because we understand it's a hard economy. So don't let the price stop you from letting your young football player come out and play with the Indian Trail Pirates. Hey, Coach, we appreciate you, and we appreciate your time. And um, thanks for sharing it with us. Thank you, and you guys have a great evening. All right, hey, thanks, thanks. Coach Crockett. And I'd like to say go Giants. <laughs> <laughs> we like that too, Coach. Yeah, and don't give Coach Coughlin a hard time this year where Eli Manning don't don't live up to the Giants' standards. <laughs> well, you know how we are in New York. If you're on top, we love you. If I you're know not, that. You're the worst thing in the world. <laughs> I know that. Hey, Coach, thanks again for calling us on the Sports Info UM program, Voice America Radio. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you. Have a good night. Hey, Coach, that was Coach Crockett calling us, uh, talking about the um, the middle school football program he has here in Flagler County, and they're trying to recruit some kids. And I'm sure if he gets 20 kids to come out for his program, he's not going to be disappointed. He said he'd like to have 8 or 10, but I'm sure if he had 20, he, he'd be really happy with that. Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back after these messages with more sports information. Internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Sports continues to grow and evolve to ever-increasing prominence in today's society. On All Around Sports, host John Inglesby will connect with the leading newsmakers from the sports world, including players, owners, and fellow sports journalists, discussing the top news and events that are relevant to sports today. John will also report from and offer his experience of the world's top sports events. Tune in to All Around Sports with John Inglesby, Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Channel. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. 
In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Okay, sports fans, here's your opportunity to discuss football, America's favorite sport. On an annual basis, millions of people attend, watch, and listen to football, both pro and college. Ray Ellis Sports, an internet talk radio show, was developed with the fan in mind. Join host, former Philadelphia Eagles and Cleveland Browns strong safety, Ray Ellis, on Voice America Sports every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific for exciting, interactive football discussions from the fans' perspective. Tune in every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific to Ray Ellis Sports right here on the Voice American Network and let's talk football. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, Coach, you know, we were just talking about the, um, the Hall of Fame before um, Coach Crockett called and talked a little bit about, um, about what's going on and, and with, this, with this league. But, Coach, um, when, we, when we talk about some of these guys that went into the Hall of Fame, um, we're, we're actually talking about um, um, Brooks, an outs- a super linebacker for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers who went into the Hall of Fame. But there, there were a couple more. Ray Guy, who's a, a super punter who went into the Hall of Fame. Um, Ray Guy was a, a player with uh, the Oakland Raiders for many years and had an awesome, awesome career and a very long career, you know. But And, and Daryl, the thing about it is, is with Ray Guy, he was the guy that invented almost the hang time. You know, that was the big deal uh, back in his early years that uh, you never returned his punts because everybody got down underneath him because his balls uh, hung for so long. You know, he'd, he'd have a five-second five hang time, and, and they'd be down there covering, and no one was able to return his punts. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, um, Michael Strahan went went into the Hall of Fame, and um, you know, um, Michael Strahan. He's one of one of the things he's most famous for is he had the most sacks in NFL history, and uh, a lot of people say Brett Favre let him sack him that last time, but um, Michael Strahan, I think he's he's very deserving of this um, vote into the Hall of Fame, first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I do too. I mean, uh, he was. Impact player for his team, and then his team won uh, multiple Super Bowls while he was there. And so, anytime you have that kind of impact, I think you can be a Hall of Famer. 
I, I would agree, Coach. And um, and when you look at Michael Strahan now, wow, this guy is really a, a TV personality. You know, I think he has two morning shows in the morning, uh, Michael and Kelly, and then he goes over and does Good Morning America or does Good Morning America before he does uh, Michael and Kelly show. Uh, he, he's turned out to be uh, a, a pretty awesome TV personality. And Aeneas Williams, Coach, a cornerback um, for the um, – for the, um, um, the Arizona Cardinals, and, um, you know, Aeneas Williams just never really, to me, looked like he was a great player. But when you saw him play, man, he made great plays all the time. And uh, an awesome defensive back from uh, uh, Southern University. Well, Daryl, you know what I love to see is a guy who's the Hall of Fame in Ducks that wasn't on a, a great team. He was a great player, even though his team, the years he played, weren't that great. And that's just them looking at the individual and saying, hey, this guy was something special, regardless of how his teammates were around him. You know, and, and that's what the Hall of Fame should be about. It yeah. should be about someone being inducted that is inducted because he was one of the premier players in his time, regardless of his team's uh, ability to win. Yeah, and uh, and Claude Humphreys, coach, a, uh, a, de- a defensive a defensive end that played for the Eagles most of his career, but he also played for the Falcons. Um, man, th- this guy was just just a dominant player when he played. And I'll never forget when they played the Oakland Raiders in the Super Bowl with Ron Jaworski as quarterback. He was a, a just a dominant player in that game. Um, Claude Humphreys. And I guess... And Coach, he waited a while before he started in, you know? Yeah, yeah. It's, that's it's what been I, a while. That's what I like about it. You know, it was like Andre Reid, Coach. You're, you know, your old teammate, Jim Kelly, they were the best combo in the league during that that time frame. And even though they never won a Super Bowl, they went and played for it for four times. Well, you got to be pretty good if you're second every year. Yeah, that that's for sure. That that's definitely for sure. You know, and it was so it was so good to see um, Jim Kelly, man. And I know he's dealing with. Um, with his illness, and um, and our prayers go out to him. But it was just so good to see Jim Kelly um, throw Andre Reed a pass and and be a, be a part of that um, of that ceremony. Uh, it made it even more special for Andre Reed, I know, and it, it made it even more special for me as a fan of Jim Kelly and as a fan of um, of, um, of of football to see him uh, take place in that. You know, he was one of those guys, Daryl, that we all uh, want to have on your team because he was a tough guy. Uh, he was a team guy, and he, if he says that Andre Reed was the guy, then you know that Andre Reed is going to be a pretty special guy if Jim Kelly's vouching for him. Yeah, and that, that's for sure. And I tell you, man, Jim Kelly was a tough guy. He is a tough guy, still is a tough guy in my book. And uh, I tell people this story. Um, if, if we weren't having a scrimmage, and I mean a, a, a real scrimmage, 
Jim Kelly did not wear a chin strap. And he, he wore his helmet like he wore a baseball cap. He just put it on. He didn't wear a chin strap. For one thing, he knew he wasn't going to get touched. But this was Jim Kelly, man. I mean, when I got to college, I didn't know nothing about, like, a superstar. But I, I soon realized what a superstar was when I got to the University of Miami as a freshman and Jim Kelly was a senior. He was a superstar. When he walked on campus, people walked behind him. You know, um, when he walked into a room, a crowd of people walked up to him. So, uh, man, and I, I know his life is still the same now as a former NFL player and a former Buffalo Bill and take his team to the Super Bowl four times, never win. Uh, that has to be heartbreaking in itself. Well, Coach, uh, I know this is away from what we're saying about the Hall of Fame game, but is Buffalo going to stay uh, there when they sell out? I mean, they're going to be sold. Everybody knows that. But now, are they going to stay in Buffalo? You know, um, you know how we talk about it sometimes when, they, when we talk about the Redskins changing their name. I, it'd be hard for me to imagine the Bills not being in Buffalo. I, I just can't imagine that. And now I understand, you know, money talks. And when you hear people like like Donald Trump, um, he's making a play for for the Bills, and um, and there's some other big names out there that are making bon plays. Bon Jovi. Um, yeah, and 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 you know, anytime you hear an NFL team being sold or any sports franchise, big big time sports franchise being sold, you can almost guarantee. That um, that the Dallas Mavericks owner is going to be, be somewhere. His name is going to come up in the conversation, and uh, and 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 that's true to this too. Um, his name has come up in this conversation of being of, of uh, wanting to buy the Bills. I, I I've always said this for a, a while now that the NFL wants to go global, and I think that Canada is a market that they want to tap into because it's, it's our neighboring country. Um, I don't think, I can't see a team in Europe, in England, where you got to travel you know, seven or eight hours to get there. I just can't see that. Um, but I can see a team in, in Canada. Um, I don't know, maybe not Toronto, but somewhere in Canada. So it's not going to surprise me to see the NFL um, launch out of the country, and it, 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 it's going to hurt my feelings a little bit, but it's not going to surprise me if, the, if uh, the NFL take the team out of Buffalo. Well, I, I think it would be terrible for the fans of Buffalo, but like you're saying there, what I can't understand is why uh, the NFL owners are pushing just to stay at 32. I, I, I believe that you could you could put two or three more teams in the league right now and you would get the support and it wouldn't change anything about the quality of play in the league and uh, i think there's a lot of young players out there that aren't making rosters that uh, could play at another level uh, if they would have teams available for them to play on well coach you know um the 
um, and that was Mark Cuban, who I was thinking about, a Dallas Mavericks owner, who's always, yeah. who names comes up every time uh, a franchise is on sale. Um, I, I, I can see, I can see the NFL's point of view uh, because we have bad teams now in the NFL, you know, and um, sometimes these bad teams come up and become good teams, but. Some of these bad teams, and, and the Buffalo Bills is, is, is an example of one. You know, um, they're a bad team. They've been a bad team for, for quite a while. You know, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers won a Super Bowl a, a few years back, but they've been a, a, a bad team. They've gone through two head coaches in the last eight years. Uh, we, we have bad teams in the NFL, so I can see them not wanting to put, that, put an even more watered-down product on the field. Well, you know, I, you know, you say that, but uh, you and I live in an area that has one of those record teams late with Jacksonville. But you know, they had a big blowout for uh, the fans uh, this past weekend, and there was like twenty-five thousand people there. There are people that live and breathe the Jags. There's people that live and breathe. The Baltimore, I mean, the Buffalo Bills, you know, to me, it should be about the fans. And I think the fans uh, love the sport so much that I think you could put, you know, can you put one in Canada and get the support that you're going to get at New York? Uh, I don't know. I, I really think you can. I, I, I'm, I'm almost sure you'd get the same kind of support that, that the Jacksonville Jaguars have produced in Jacksonville if you put a team in Canada. Um, I, I, I really think that we'd get the, the team would get the support, but is it going to be enough to, to sustain the support? Because a new team in a new city, yeah, that's fine for four or five years, maybe even six years. But after six years of losing, people stop coming. The, the newness is worn off. It's no longer a, a, a new thing anymore. It's we, we're going to see a bunch of losers, and we don't want to do that. You know, when we look at the Cleveland Browns, well, America's all, well, but Daryl, when the Jags were at all, Kaufman was there, and they were pretty darn successful for an expansion team. You know, and. What happens is, I think, uh, almost, uh, uh, you know, I can remember when the Cleveland Browns were one of the best program or best teams in uh, the NFL. Uh, it has to be consistency from the top. In other words, you have to have an owner that's willing to spend the bucks to get the best coaches, the best general managers, who will end up, because they'll be competitive, They'll get the best players and put a good product on the field. Now, Coach, I really think it would be a, a, a good thing if the NFL brought in two, two more teams. Um, if they brought in two more teams, um, and there would be more, more opportunities for guys to play, more opportunities for fans to watch games. Um, from what I understand, um, the NFL is going to bring a team to Los Angeles if they have to pay for the team themselves. So that's going to be one new team that will be coming uh, that, will, that will be in the league. 
Now, whether that team is the Buffalo Bills or whether that team is the um, Jacksonville Jaguars or whether that's going to be a, a whole new organization that the NFL creates that's going to come into the league. But I don't see them bringing in one team. They're probably going to bring in two teams. But I don't think we need more bad teams. Now, we, we've seen teams, franchises turn around overnight. Last year, we saw Andy Reid go into um, Kansas City and turn that program around. And this year, we're looking at Jeff Fisher in his second year in, um, in, in St. Louis to turn that program around. But then when we look at it, hey, we still have some teams like Tennessee and, and Jacksonville that are, that are still going to struggle. And Tampa Bay with Levy Smith, we're expecting him to turn that program around. Last year, um, we saw the Arizona Cardinals program go from almost being one of the worst teams in the league to one game from making the playoffs. So it could happen. I'm just not so sure the NFL is, is so sure. And that's what makes it so good, Daryl, that we, we see these teams that go from worst to first. And it starts with the, the people up front. You know, you get a good coach, you give him the materials that he wants and needs uh, for his program, and then he's going to win. And when he wins, uh, the fans will come. Exactly. I mean, you know, we talked uh, about, last week about, about coaches that were on the hot seat, and uh, that's part of the, the problem. You know, there's only, like Bum Phillips used to say, there's only two kind of coaches, one that has been fired and one that's going to be. <laughs> and uh, it doesn't mean that much to you until it happens. And then uh, when it happens to you, then you think, oh, that's why they say that all the time. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, coach back to that, um, that theory that I heard about this team coming to Oakland, coming to uh, Los Angeles, you know, Los Angeles is the biggest TV market in America, but they have no NFL team. Now, one of the reasons that they have no team is you hear stories about the stadium is falling apart. The Coliseum is no place to have a, have an NFL game. And, um, it's not an NFL stadium. Well, the NFL has already said they're going to build their own stadium if they come to Cali when they come to um, Los Angeles. Um, I guess it's just so much money that they can't afford not to have a team in Los Angeles. Well, the thing about it is, Darrell, we've talked about it a lot, you and I, uh, on the show. Uh, the NFL has made so much money and has so much power now that uh, it's awful, awful hard uh, to not resent the fact that uh, they have uh, this this monopoly of the sports fans. I mean, everybody that I know uh, is just was like glad you knew the Hall of Fame game was not going to be much of a real football game, but everybody watched it because football was it's back. Everybody's talking about their local college team. Uh, it doesn't matter. Uh, the American public loves American football. That that goes without question, Coach. We love our American football. Hey, guys, you listen to Sports Info UM on the Voice America Radio. We'll be right back with more sports information. 
internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Are you ready to talk sports with a passion? Get ready for Cheap Shots with Luther Broughton and Micah Warren. We'll start off with the NFL pretty much always, but the talk moves along from there. We'll talk about the events of the week, opinions from the big names, and predictions of what's to come. Plus, we'll get to hear from you, the ultimate fan. Don't let the name of the show fool you. We're in it for the good stuff. Cheap Shots can be heard live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Are you a real sports fan? Get ready to talk football and anything else sports with Kwame Lasseter. Formerly with the Arizona Cardinals, San Diego Chargers, and St. Louis Rams. Kwame's got the experience, so he's prepared to talk sports with you every week on Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk. It's on the Voice America Sports Network every Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time. Get ready for an unpredictable, fun, and sometimes sarcastic look at the world of sports. That's Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network. Are you ready for a show that's all about what goes on behind the scenes and how it relates to what you see on the field? Tune in for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective on the Voice America Sports Channel. Our guests will bring you the stories, the opinions, the expertise, and the inspiration behind what you hear in sports news. Find out what happens next. Listen for Nick Ferguson's Secondary Perspective, live every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Sports Info UM with Daryl and Sam. Call us today at 888-346-9144. That's 888-346-9144. Or send us an email at sportsinfoum3793 at gmail.com. Now, back to the show. And welcome back to Sports Info UM. Hey, um... Coach, you know, we're talking about this NFL and some of the bad teams that are in the league. Let's talk about some of these good teams in the league. You know, we looked at the Denver Broncos last year and Peyton Manning going to the Super Bowl and and just look, they stunk up the joint. I mean, they didn't look competitive at all. Do you think Peyton Manning can rebound? And do you think the Denver Broncos have brought enough free agents into the program to rebound and come back and be at least competitive in the playoffs. You know, you know, Daryl, you, you hate to say it, but you know, like with Denver, they looked so good coming up to the Super Bowl, and then they looked so bad because the emphasis in that league isn't about defense; it's about offense, and on the up. Other side, it's all about defense, and that's what that's what the best of the best in that league. You've got San Diego. I mean, you got San Francisco. You got Cleveland. I mean, uh, Seattle, who won it, and uh, those guys they they win football games because of defense. 
I, I agree. So you are you saying that um, the days of Peyton Manning and uh, Tom Brady um, winning winning the passing title and the Super Bowl are over? I don't know if it's over, but I think that a lot of GMs after the Super Bowl this year looked at what Pete Carroll and them had done at, at Seattle. And, Coach, I don't think they're going to go away. I think they're going to be pretty strong for the next five or for six years. I tell you, if, if Seattle can get Percy Harvin into the fold and keep him for an entire season, I really think we're going to see something really special from that young man. I mean, Percy Harvin is a special athlete, and if we can keep him healthy on the field for an entire season, it, it, there's, I think that there's no limit to what we can see from him. Kick return, punt return, uh, running back, wide receiver. And he might even throw a couple of passes. Hey, but, Coach, the New England Patriots, Rob Gronkowski, the New England Patriots and the Washington Redskins are practicing against each other for this week. Uh, they play a preseason game on Thursday. And Rob Gronkowski did not make the trip to Washington. Um, how do you feel about this? Are we already looking at a kid that's probably not going to play this season? Coach, the guy, you know, how much playing time has a guy done in the last couple of years? Yeah, his season you know? was very limited last year, and he's already off to um, not being able to practice in a scrimmage and not even making a trip to practice with the team. So he's basically in New England rehabbing whatever injury it is, whether it's his back, whether it's his knee, whether it's his forearm, one of them. And I just don't see this New England team um, they they just not as potent on offense without him um, being a big part of their offense. Coach, you know, what's, what's so devastating to me is, you know, uh, a kid like Griffin, you, you said you couldn't call him Robert uh, uh, RG3 anymore. You got to call him Robert. That's but what he is. The thing about it. That's what he is. The thing about it is, is that the kid came in with all these expectations, and as fans, we get caught up in that. And then the kid, when the kid got hurt because of his style of play, you know, it, it's just different at the NFL level. And uh, you know, it. You know, every once in a while, we show little signs of, uh, you know, maybe. Running backs aren't the most important thing. Uh, look at all the wins that uh, Peyton calls to have by throwing the ball and not having a great running game. I think if you look and see who wins it, who wins the Super Bowl? Have a great defense? Yes. Do they have a great running back? Well, was anybody at the end of the season any better than Marshall Lynch? I don't think so. There so was definitely no one. It's one of the, uh, I, you know, I think having a quarterback that can carry at times is kind of sweet and nice and it's exciting. Uh, but uh, at the same time, uh, fans want to win that Super Bowl. And, and so getting you to the Super Bowl and then not winning it, tough. Yeah, it is tough. You know, um, 
a lot of people are not talking about Aaron Rodgers. You know, and Aaron Rodgers suffered a collarbone injury last year that, that really put a damper on his season. He came back late in the season and played, but he, he wasn't really a difference maker. But we know if he's healthy and he has weapons, um, he could he could really make a lot of noise in this in this NFL. And I think we we shouldn't we, we, we can't count him out, is what basically what I'm saying. No, I, you know, and I've always thought that Green Bay uh, was kind of a special place. You, know, you talk about the Canton, Ohio uh, mix, but, you know, what? There's no other team in the NFL. We were talking earlier about different franchises, and should there be other ones, they're owned by the fans. They're right. literally owned by the fans. And so I think it's a pretty special place. And I think they love Aaron Rodgers, and I would love to see him have a real good year. I think they need to have a good defense this year. Uh, and if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, uh, they could be make a run at it. You know, and, I, and I'm a big fan of Mike McCarthy. I, I, I really like um, the job he's done in uh, in Green Bay. I, I think he's a, a heck of a coach, and, and he's a humble man, too. And the way he handled the Brett Favre situation is always – you know, I, I stuck a feather in his cap for for handling it the way he handled it, Coach. And and, and the way he handled it, and now Green Bay being the the place that it is, is uh, trying to get the they're going to retire Brett's uh, number. They're going to put him in the Green Bay Hall of Fame uh, one or two years before he goes into the NFL Hall of Fame because you know that he's going to be a first rounder. Yeah, he, he, he'll definitely be a first ballot ball, um, a Hall of Famer. And, and it's good to see that, um, that he, he's going home where he belongs. You know what I mean? He's a Green Bay Packer, man. You know, he played for – people don't people forget that Brett Favre started out with Atlanta Falcons, you know. He may have ended up with um, the Vikings and the Jets, but he's always going to be remembered as a Green Bay Packer. And, uh, and that was – he helped bring them back to the excellence that everybody had thought of in the Lombardi years when Brett and them had first gotten together. And uh, it was amazing the heritage of coaches that came out of that mix there at Green Bay. And uh, and it was special. And it was wonderful that uh, they're, you know, not caught up in egos, and they're they're retiring his number and bringing him back back into the fold. Yeah, that, I think that's that 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 shows a lot of style by the by the Green Bay Packers. Hey, but um, you know when we when we think about the past Super Bowl winners, recent Super Bowl winners is um is Brett Favre and um the New Orleans Saints. You know, in two thousand nine they won a Super Bowl. Two thousand ten, um, Aaron Rodgers won a Super Bowl, but um. You know, Brett Favre, man, this guy just said a couple of days ago he really thinks he can play for another five or eight eight more years. You know, uh, I, I admire Brett Favre. Um, I, um, Drew Brees, sorry about that. I admire Drew Brees. And he really has one of the best weapons in the NFL when we talk about Jimmy Graham, who's a, a instant threat when he gets into the red zone. But... Um, they got they got a few other weapons. Um, Marcus Colson and Mark Ingram has not had a bust out season since he's been in the league. But 
you can almost feel like he's going to have one of those kind of seasons coming up soon. Well, I hope for the kids because he kind of overloaded his, you know, his mouth overloaded his rear end because he said he was going to be not just the best back at New Orleans, he was going to be the best back in the league this year. And that's kind of getting a stretch because I'm not sure he's the best back at New Orleans. Right. Uh, but anyway, you, you love to see a kid have some confidence and maybe that's all he needed to have again was to get his confidence back. Uh, he hasn't run. He hasn't been the back they thought he was going to be. And I'd love to see him have uh, that kind of a breakout season for the Saints. You know, I, I would too, Coach. And um, I, I think he's he, he's capable. And if he can stay healthy, I think we might even see something um, something real special for Mark Ingram um, this year coming up. You know, but. I think the San Francisco 49ers played in the Super Bowl two years ago um, were just a couple of plays from um, beating, beating um, Seattle Seahawks and going back to the Super Bowl last season. I think we really have to consider um, Harbaugh and the Seattle Seahawks as contenders for this year's um, playoffs and even doing some things in the Super Bowl. Well, you know, we talked about it uh, last week. Uh, was he dissatisfied with the ownership as a coach? And he, he came out and said this week that he was not going to talk about his contract, that the season was started, and that all he was concerned with was football week to week, day to day. And that's the kind of guy he is. He's kind of a, you know, he's, he's from a coaching background. His dad was a coach. His brother was a coach, uh, you know. How great was it a few years ago when those two brothers played for the, the Super Bowl? Uh, and, you know, I, you're, you're right, Daryl. I think they're just like one or two plays could have swung the game and it would have been them in the Super Bowl instead of uh, the Seahawks. Yeah. Hey, but, um, yeah, you know. that's what I mean. Yeah. What? One of the things that's really got me excited about um, about the San Francisco team and their roster is uh, I'm a big Frank Gore fan, but um, Marcus Lattimore suffered a, a horrific knee injury um, playing in college. Uh, he came out. He could have went back to college for another year. He came out. Um, basically, he was on injury reserve for the 49ers um, last year. However, this year he's supposed to be healthy. He's supposed to be um being able to play, and I'm sure soon enough we're going to see uh, see his status. Um, how do you think this is going to work out for him, Coach? Well, I hope I hope so. You know, you you hate to see a guy season or career end on a sad note. It's like the kid at the uh, the Giants, this David Wilson kid. You would hate to see a kid with that kind of potential not get to play. Uh, you know his maximum number of years and be productive. I, you're right, Coach. You're right, Coach. But I am wishing Lattimore the best. Um, I really think he has a shot, and if he can stay healthy and, um, and protect himself, um, I think he's going to have, have, have some, some successful years in the NFL. I, I would really love to see him run 
at the NFL level, uh, the way he ran his sophomore year and freshman year at uh, University of South Carolina. That would be wonderful. Yep. Well, Coach, hey. we're just about wrapping up the week up. But Coach, I'm excited. Football is back. Yeah, it's back, Coach, and preseason will be back on us uh, on Thursday. So look for some good football, guys. And, hey, we'll be looking for you right back here on the Sports Info UM program on the Voice America Radio. Coach, you have a good week. You too, buddy. Peace. Thanks again for listening. Daryl Oliver and Sam Sword will be back again next Monday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel for more Sports Info UM. We'll see you then.